0: Welcome to Beauty and the Gee, the podcast about jiu and so much more. I'm Jen Eads, a blue belt full of curiosity and questions about all the things jujitsu.
1: And I'm AJ Klingerman, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt obsessed with jiu
0: And apparently we have listeners that have questions. Yes. So this episode, we'll just call this episode IBJJF 101.
1: <laughs> oh, I liked my... IBJJF rules, regulations, and expectations. Oh, that's good
0: too. We can have two names for an episode if we want. Yeah, why not? Yeah, it's our podcast. Exactly.
1: We need like a subtitle.
0: Yes, we do. Okay, there we have it. So we'll do much better in Google search now with all of the words.
1: Yes, so everybody's going to hear this podcast. We better be on our game. Okay, all right. So this was
0: actually inspired by a listener.
1: Yes, Uh, Cheyenne had sent me a message um, asking lots of questions about the federation and what to expect and that kind of stuff, and then with a PS, please. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like then a, you have to do exactly. It. <laughs> please do an episode on this, um, and said that she would share it with all her teammates because they're, you know, wanting to do IBJJF for the first time and feel very intimidated and overwhelmed by that.
0: I get that. I still haven't done an IBJJF yet, so
1: I really couldn't tell you how many I've done. I could get an idea by like. Counting medals, (laughs) but um, I didn't place in all of them. So I really don't know, but I've done a fair amount of them. Yeah. I would guess, I would guess between 20 and 30. I should count my t shirts. That'd be a good way to do it. There you go. (laughs) Yes. You get a t shirt in every IBJGF tournament. (laughs) So it's a very expensive t shirt, but it's very soft. (laughs) Well, there you go. There's there's the first
0: important detail. You get a t shirt. You get a t
1: shirt. It's important.
0: (laughs) What else do we need to know?
1: Okay. So, one, you have to have a membership card. Okay. How do we get that? We should put a link in the show notes for that. Um, You you go on the Federation website and you click membership and, you know, you can fill it out there. But you do have to have a second degree or higher black belt that is in IBJJF, you know, that is IBJJF certified. Okay. Sign off for you because you have to have, like, a team. You have to basically have somebody that, like— says yes you are this belt okay if you do not have that you need to find a way to connect with someone who does when this first became a rule i don't know how long ago a very long time maybe i don't know a decade or more we were able to just like go through the list and look at every second degree black belt at the time it was two pages worth (laughs) Mm -hmm. um now that's you know endless But you do have to have some kind of connection with somebody who will sign off on your paperwork. Good to know. So that's the first step. Okay. Get that thing done in plenty of time because, especially if you're looking for someone to sign off on you, um, you need it done in plenty of time to be able to register for the tournament. A great deal of tournaments will close early, a lot of the opens, especially Mm -hmm. because they have a capacity. So don't Think you're going to wait till the last minute to make a decision because potentially it'll close, and I've seen that so many times where people book their flights and their hotels, but they don't register. Oh no! Yeah, register first. Okay. Flights and hotels can come later. Register yeah. first. When you're registering, you're going to register obviously as your belt. Um, white belts cannot do nogi. Blue belts and above can. So your belt, your rank your age division. So there's adult, juniors, masters. Okay. And masters goes up to master seven.
0: Where does masters start? Like where does adult and in masters start? Yep.
1: Uh masters starts at the year you turn thirty. Okay. So your birthday could be December thirty first of this year, but mm-hmm. you're turning thirty. You can do masters this year. Okay. So it's the year you turn that age. Now, that doesn't mean you have to do masters. You can always go down in age. You can never go up. So you'll register by rank, age, and weight. Weight is important because the Federation is super big on you being on weight. Yeah. You will weigh in in your uniform, whether that's gi or no gi, moments before you compete. So do not pick an aspirational. Weight class. <laughs> it's not like they're going to just put you in the division above you if you miss weight. So, the very first time we ever did a Federation tournament was in 2009. We did New York Pans. And um, one of my guys, Chris, missed weight by like 0.5. Oh, no. So, you know, I mean, we've spent hundreds of dollars on this trip traveling and hotel and obviously registration fee and all of that but it was our first one. So we didn't know that you get one shot. (laughs) Okay. You step on the scale. If you're even 0.1 over, that's it. You're disqualified. No second chances. With that said, there is a test scale outside of weigh-ins. You can always test your weight and see, you know, if you need to cut. Okay. Mm -hmm. But the point is do not pick an aspirational weight. (laughs) Yeah, Compete at your weight. If you drop a lot of weight between the time you register and almost competition time, you can adjust that by the cutoff date. Okay. But having to cut weight for a tournament when you don't have time to rehydrate Mm -hmm. can be tough. Let's talk about uniform requirements a little bit. For gi, you can only wear black, white, or royal blue gis. No navy, which is sad because my navy is my favorite. Yeah, (laughs) Um, (laughs) And obviously no crazy colors. Mm -hmm. But um, one of those three, that's it. It cannot be torn up or frayed. It does have to be a decently pristine Mm gi. So my advice in that is have a competition gi and only wear it like a couple weeks leading up to competition or have one like it to wear, but... I think it's very helpful to train a few times in the gi you're going to compete in because every gi feels a little different. Oh, yeah. So if you can afford that, like that's obviously a luxury, yeah. but if you can afford it, um, have a gi that you don't wear every day, but rather keep for competitions. Patching is very specific. Mm-hmm. We should also put a link to that in the show notes because you have to see the picture. I cannot explain where all the patches are allowed to go. Like the one on your uh, shin has to be like six centimeters above the bottom or something like that. I don't remember anymore, but my seamstress knows. That's good. (laughs) Yeah, so she knows exactly where to put all the patches, which is helpful. But yeah, it's very specific. Your gi also has to fit like loose enough. Okay, You can't have really high water pants. Mm -hmm. your sleeves have to come down to your hands they will stick a um thing (laughs) i don't know what to call it (laughs) they will stick this terrible plastic thing up your sleeve to make sure there's enough room in your gi okay Okay? um you can now get those on amazon i don't suggest the individual person to have one i suggest every school owner have one Mm -hmm. they're like $85 $85 or something ridiculous for this piece of plastic. They probably 3D printed or something, you know, like oh for a few cents, but, but yeah. So you do need to have, or you, you know, you will have that done to you. So if you're not sure having one of those on hand is helpful. Mother trucker.
0: Well, it looks like the Cisco truck has pulled up, uh, right outside the, the door and is joining us for the podcast. <laughs> yes. So if you hear that in the background, That's what that is. Yeah, we're sorry, but you got a podcast, right? Exactly. (laughs) So let's talk about the belt requirements.
1: Yes, so you do have to have a pristine belt. Like It cannot have fray, it cannot have wear, and it has to be long enough. So if you have one of those belts where just barely your little black bar sticks out, that's not it. That little um, device I talked about a second ago that they stick up your arms Uh also has the measurement on it for the belt. Okay. So it's helpful in multiple ways. Um, I've had to tighten my belt up so that it's a little longer. Mm -hmm. And then when I get to the table, I just Uh (laughs) put it back how I want it. And I've had to loosen my belt up. Oh, wow. And then tie it back how I want it when I get to the table. But sometimes they're very specific about that checkpoint and making sure your gi is exactly how it's supposed to be. Women can wear rash guards under their gis and it doesn't matter what the rash guard is. Um, Or you can wear sports bras. Mm -hmm. Sports bras almost got banned a while back. Um, I think just, you know, there is a risk. Yeah, yeah, there (laughs) is definitely seen some boobs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But um, you can wear that. Guys are not allowed to wear a rash guard underneath. Also, Uh, another rule is like the type of underwear like technically you're not allowed to wear a thong underneath your gi. Okay I hadn't even it never even occurred to me. It's so silly. (laughs) It's so silly. Basically they're saying like if your pants get pulled down Yeah. they don't want to see your butt but typically based on every guy I've ever seen get their pants pulled down the underwear also gets pulled down I'm seeing your butt anyway. So (laughs) um, yeah so those are some of the like rules around what you're supposed to wear. (laughs) One other thing about the gi is that your spats cannot come down past your
0: gi pants. Good to know. So
1: you either have to wear shorts or like capri pants or something, but you cannot see the ankles of your spats under your gi.
0: What about like a singlet or something? Like, is that Okay.
1: It would be okay for women, but not men. Yeah, right. Right? Yeah. Because the men can't wear rash guards, so they can't wear singlets. Um, But yeah, absolutely. You could just wear a singlet under your gait. And for me, I think that's perfect. Mm -hmm. I don't flash anyone if they pull my pants down. Right. My rash, you know, it's not going to come up. Like I've seen rash guards come up really high too. Like I think a singlet is the best case scenario. And I'm really sad that the guys can't wear them because mm-hmm. it's typically the guy's butts I see. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know, it does stink that in federation tournaments, they're not able to wear those. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so no gi. No gi, you have to wear, you know, whether that's spats or shorts or whatever, obviously like no zippers or buttons, no pockets, that, that kind of stuff that you're used to. They need to be black or black and your belt color. The rash guard has to be at least 10% your belt color and could be like black or white other than that, but cannot be any other colors, really. Okay. I've seen guys, you know, with the, with a yellow logo on them, like black belts. So Mm -hmm. the rash guard's black, but they have a yellow logo. No. No. Oh, wow. Um, the sad part, too, is I've seen... I'm just going to tell IBJJF horror stories, apparently. <laughs> I've seen people pass check, and the checkpoint people say they were fine, and then partway through their match get stopped and have to change.
0: No. They did it to a
1: seam. That was one of the ones I saw. Like In the middle of the match, they're like, no, you can't wear that rash guard. Who stops a match? It's for- insane. And then wow. they're like, you have... Two minutes to get back here. Yeah. So Cheyenne asked about like, what do you do about that? Right. Mm-hmm. So one, you always have two of everything. Yeah. Okay. Um, I always want two geese, two rash guards, two pairs of spats, anything like that. I want to make sure I have two of everything when I go to a federation tournament. Another kind of thing to talk about is federation does not like origin geese. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we have a lot of people that are big fans of Origin Geese. Some people are able to compete in them. But I see Origin Geese get stopped at the check more than any other kind. Why is that? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's kind of a... I don't know. They just don't like the company. You know, the company is very proud of being American-made and... American Jiu Jitsu type company, and I think there's some animosity there between the federation and Origin. Interesting, yeah, yeah. So um, you can try it. You can bring an Origin gi, especially if it's one of the kinds that Origin says, because Origin will tell you these are federation acceptable. Mm-hmm. Because Origins worked their butt off to make sure to make gis yeah. that you can wear at the federation. But always bring a backup that is not an Origin gi, because. They'll find a reason. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the best thing to do about the, like, fear of getting your gi, um, you know, telling, being told that that gi is not appropriate is to have a backup.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Good to know. Yeah. And I've certainly seen people, like, take their gi pants off and hand them to somebody else. (laughs) Like, just, like, in the bullpen, like, here you go, take my pants. Yeah. Which brings us to another thing. You cannot have mismatch top and bottom. Okay. And I'm not just talking about color. Mm-hmm. Like, it, even if they're both black, they both have to be Fuji. They both have to be kings. They both have to be whatever. It has to be a matching set gi. So, I think they're so particular about all of this just for the look of it. Yeah, you know, like, they want sense. it to look professional. They want... Good video, good pictures, all of that. Um, so yes, it feels scary and overwhelming, and um, but it's really not that bad. I don't think I've ever had a gee. Gi- Where's wood? Want to knock on wood. <laughs> um, I don't think I've ever had a gee that didn't pass, but I've seen lots of people who have. Yeah. So you know, if you just make sure that you're wearing a gi without fray and that you know all of that, you're probably going to be good. So I'm scaring you because I want you to be prepared. Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) But um, also be confident in that, you know, like it's going to be good.
0: Okay, there you have it.
1: Yeah. That's a lot (laughs) just on the gear. It is. Uniform is a big thing. Another thing for like expectations around the Federation is that you need to be in the bullpen. So the bullpen is just like a gated area that you need to be in an hour before your match is supposed to start the great thing about the Federation is you can always watch how things are updating. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, you know, on the app, you can see the order of the fights on each mat and you can tell, okay, I'm 10th, (laughs) like in 10 more fights, it's me or in 30 more fights, it's me or whatever. They are very good about showing that. And they're very good about like, if they're running ahead, you can see that, Mm -hmm. which is very helpful. I think Nashville open last time, Justin had run to the airport, I think to take his girlfriend back to the airport. And we were like, you're up in five matches. (laughs) So, you know, like he thought he had time, but then they were running so far ahead Uh that he, you know, really had to haul to get there. He did make it, but um, (laughs) yeah, that, that can be kind of risky. So watch the time. If you don't go till later, make sure you're constantly checking it to see if it's changed any. Mm -hmm. So basically an hour before you're supposed to be in the bullpen, That's where the test scale is too. So I assume you already went and checked that out. And then when you hit the board, so that's, there's a video monitor there that shows the next five matches on every map. When your name is on the board, you can check in. So that's how long you have between actual weigh in and going. Okay. So that's those five matches or whatever. Then you weigh in, they check your gi and now you're, like in the hole, basically. I just want to like Cheyenne had a lot of questions. So Mm -hmm. I'm really going into a lot of detail about like what to expect for this, but there are table runners. They all have vests on with their mat number on them. They will come and get you. Okay. So they're going to call you and your opponent and they're going to walk you to your table. You need to keep your shoes on the whole time. If you take your shoes off before you're on the mat, then you could get DQ'd. Good to know. Yep. (laughs) When they take you to your mat, when you hand your ID to the table, because they're going to use that as they're keeping score and everything. Mm-hmm. And one person will probably get like a ankle sweatband And one will, you know, if it's a gee, then you are get a belt mm-hmm. to help with scoring. Yeah. That happens at a lot of tournaments. That's normal. When it's your turn, the ref will call you out to the mat. Do not get on the mat before the ref calls you. Uh, You will bow and then go out to the ref. You shake the ref's hand, you shake your opponent's hand. Okay. Now, when the ref starts the match, you get to decide whether you're shaking your opponent's hand again or not. Some people do, probably out of habit more than anything. Mm -hmm. Some people don't be prepared for the ones that don't. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Like, because they're coming after you immediately. Yeah. Which is fine. You already shook hands. Yeah. Right? So that's something you, you know, you'll have to decide for yourself. You're going to listen for some things like uh, mata means stop. Kombach means go. Okay. So you're kind of listening for those Mm -hmm. Portuguese words. If the ref stops you to fix your gi, because if it's, you know, your belts come off or something like that, you need to turn your back to the referee to fix your gi. That's a respect thing, I guess. Um, And you cannot take more than 20 seconds take more than 20 seconds, then they can penalize you for stalling. Okay. Okay. So it's a quick fix it. Get back to Yeah. It. It's not supposed to be a break. Mm-hmm. Okay. When the match is over, the ref will raise a hand. Again, you shake your opponent's hand, you shake the ref's hand, and you leave and make sure to pick up your ID. <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. So where is your coach during this time?
1: Typically, most tournaments are set up that the tables are like in the middle of the mats. So there's like mats on either side and the tables are like back to back to each other. And then your coach is on the other side of the fence opposite the table. Okay. So, you know, different locations offer different abilities to coach. Um, At like Worlds, there's two barriers and only black belts can go in between the two. So if you don't have a black belt coach, You are two barriers and a person away from being able to coach your students. You better be loud. Mm -hmm. At PANS, they only allow black belts on the floor. So if if you don't have a black belt coach, you are up in the stands trying to coach. Wow. Yeah. So it can be very difficult. This is why it's very helpful to have a black belt with you if possible. Mm Mm-hmm. And with that said, like, if I'm not competing and I'm not coaching at the time, ask me, I'll be happy yeah. to coach you. I may not know your game, but I will be happy to be like, you've got to go, you've got to pass, you've got to, you know, like, <laughs> this is how much time you have. You got your two, you know, like whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to coach you, you know, once I get my voice back, <laughs> <laughs> which hopefully will be soon as of this podcast which we are recording early. I've had surgery. So when this yes. podcast comes out, cause we're recording it before my surgery, but I will have had surgery and hopefully get my voice back Yay. and be able to coach everyone. Yay. <laughs> um, yeah. So do you have any other questions? Cause you've never been to a federation. So like what Mm-mm. types of things do you think people might ask about? I don't know.
0: Having not, I mean, yeah, this was, I learned a lot in this episode. (laughs) Great, great. One of the
1: other things that Cheyenne asked about was flights. Oh, yeah. When do you fly in for the tournament? Some of them can be really hard because multi-day tournaments, pans, worlds, those kind that are going to be like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they'll give you a pre-schedule, which means purple belts might compete. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Yeah, <laughs> not helpful, not super helpful. Yeah. Okay, good. I just don't do Thursday. That's, yeah. you know, we've narrowed it down. So you definitely want to make sure you're flying in at least a day before, probably before the tournament even starts, mm-hmm. unless you know for sure. And then leaving, you know, that's a tough one. I've had so many times where students have booked a flight and then they find out they compete that day. Oh. And so then they have to change their flights yeah. so that they can compete. So, yeah. you know, I know that there's some luxury to it, but like if you can go in the day before the tournament and leave the day after, or at least the night that it ends, mm-hmm. then yeah, that'll be smart. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I hope you answered some questions. Yeah, I think so. I have a couple of just other things to like bring with you. Things like nail clippers. Mm-hmm. They're obviously going to check your fingernails and toenails. <laughs> Food, bring snacks, bring lots of water, bring caffeine. Can you caffeine. drink water in the bullpen? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you can snack and drink and everything. So okay. once you weigh in, you're, you can do that. That's just fine. Headphones. Yeah. Typically, I would suggest like a lanyard with a like sleeve to put your ID in. Mm-hmm. That's so much easier than trying to keep an ID in your gi oh yeah so like having that around your neck is super helpful at like worlds and stuff they're going to give you a lanyard with your free t-shirt but typically like i think that's a really good idea of something to have yeah you know like we did talk about extra of everything scissors if you can like if you just took a (laughs) carry-on yeah then that's not possible but um i've had people need scissors multiple times tape obviously anything Mm -hmm. like that but um normal stuff you would take to a tournament, definitely, but just make sure you have like a little tournament bag um with those kinds of things in there. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. This was helpful. Good.
0: I'm glad. At least it was helpful to me. I hope it yeah. was helpful to everybody else that's listening.
1: I think a lot of us have a lot of stress and anxiety about the unknown. Uh-huh. You know? So just kind of being able to have these questions answered, like even though it sounds a little fearful of like how strict they are about clothing and weight and all of that. I hope knowing that helps you be prepared, which Mm -hmm. gives you confidence to go out and compete. And if you'd like to hear more about confidence,
0: listen to the last episode that we did, All About Confidence. Yeah. And if you are new to the podcast, welcome. And we have a starter pack that we made for you of some of our favorite episodes. And
1: we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Yeah. Also, I can't help but recommend, um, if you are a woman that does jujitsu... Come to Role Model Camp. So Role Model Camp is in Indianapolis, Indiana, July 7th through the 9th. It is the largest women's only grappling camp in the world. Um, We'll have about 250 women there, and there are less than 100 tickets left. So make sure to get registered and come join us for an absolutely life-changing, invigorating jujitsu experience. It's super fun.
0: Yeah. I think this will be my, I don't know fourth yeah i think so fourth yeah yeah it's a good time friends come join
1: us definitely
0: we would love to hear from you if you have any follow-up questions dm us we are hanging out on instagram at beauty and the geek podcast uh you can also find me there at brassy broad jen
1: and i'm aj clearman everywhere you go
0: thanks for tuning in and we will see you on On the the mat. mat